It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia love of the star mailbag. And one area that we ignored uh, of the game that that got a lot of discussion, uh, mainly for how little discussion maybe there was about him. Uh, and that's the Mozzie Smith question. This one specifically yeah. from 777 Devin Boyle. Can we talk about Mozzie Smith the whole time? Well, not the whole time, but we'll we'll get to Mozzie Smith. I felt like these first two games similar to the practices, some good, some bad, just kind of inconsistent. Yeah. You got any more thoughts than that? Or are you just going to nah, throw it at me? To- no, I mean, look, look, I think, yeah, I think you and I see it uh, remarkably similar that yeah. he's basically, when he's able to stay square, he wins too often. He's getting turned around um, and he's, you know, giving up gap integrity. He's giving up space uh, too often. He, his pad level gets too high, gets him blocked up ends up on the ground. And that's been the case throughout these practices. That was the case in the first Jacksonville game. And that was the case here again against Seattle, where there were times where he was eating up space and he was, you know, keeping linebackers clean. And then there were other times uh, where he was getting turned around. Isaiah Stanback, I think, pointed out one of them uh, where they got gashed for a pretty big run because yeah. Mozzie Smith got turned. And yeah. and so that's the kind of thing that you need to see. You need to see more consistent pad level and a more consistent anchor. Yeah, the, the, the biggest issues with Mozzie Smith is at Michigan he plays in the system that was was more read and then react and now he's in a system where he plays react and then read and so what happens to him is when he's bad with his hands then that causes him problem when Mozzie's feet stop that's a problem you know, Mozzie's one of these guys, when you watch him and he's able to engage and keep moving, keep keep himself moving, he's he he does fine. You know, but what happens is he he engages, he stops his feet, and then he gets turned. You know, he's not he's not forcing the blocker to have to carry him. And I mean carry him in a way that, you know, get into him and have to, you know, push on him. You know, he's given the blocker an out by engaging and then positioning himself because he's not moving his feet, you know, and that's when Mozzie's bad. And it happens that he's, you know, at Michigan. I mean, Will McClay even talked about this pre-draft. And I think uh, uh, AD, the defensive line coach, talked about it as well, that they were going to have to do something with his stance. They were working yeah. on his stance. And, you know, you got Dan Quinn, who's a defensive line coach. You got AD. You got these guys that could work with him. And so that was, you know, okay, cool. You know, we're going to work on his stance, work on his, the, you know, the base, make sure. But when you watch him play, when his feet stop, he struggles. He struggles. And so they need to get him to get into more and again it this is this is just 3 years of playing football at Michigan where it was engage read and then go mm-hmm. where here it's 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 react and then read and he's and he's struggling with that right now but i think his biggest issue is that 
He tends to get a little high because he gets a little tired. They're working on his conditioning for him by playing him in these games for a good length of time. You know, they're getting him, you know, they're getting him in condition, but they've got to work on those feet. Because like I say, when he's moving, he's hard to stop. You know, he's just a powerful guy. But when he stops those feet, it's a battle, and then he gets turned, and he's dead. And I mean dead in a way of dead on the play. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not something I, – I, you know, I think that people, when you evaluate the position, the one technique, the nose position, sure, there's, you know, there's the Vita Veas of the world, and there's the Holodinatas of the world, those mammoth huge dudes that are – Athletes that move, and I think that's what we kind of all envisioned that Mozzie Smith was going to be. But for three years, he played in a totally different scheme than he's playing in right now, and I think the learning curve on it has been been a little tough on him. Uh, for and that's why, and that's how you get some good. And then when you're when you're tired or you're long in the series, the some bad, right. Uh, next question here from uh, Jay Veerman. Hunter Lipke at fullback or Sean McEwen at tight end four? Yeah, here we Which go. Which would you prefer? Yeah, see, this is where, and again, I, me personally, it was John Stevens over McEwen, you know? And I I, I don't, I, I, I haven't seen it with Hunter Lipke. And I know, again, the whole state of North Dakota, if you're watching this, <laughs> You know, I'm public enemy number one up there in be that careful. beautiful part of the country. Be careful. Part, no, it's a beautiful part <laughs> of the country. Love going up there. Loved it when I was in Wisconsin, and it's just a beautiful state. But I don't see I don't see the fascination right now with Hunter Lipke. I don't. I don't think he's doing enough to make me completely and – and, again, I'm not a Sean McEwen fan either. But I, it's going to come is. down – yeah, it's going to come down to fourth tight end or him likely. And I, me personally, a fourth tight end. And we got in this discussion last night with Brad Sham, you know, on the postgame show. There's some people, and I was talking with Todd Archer today too. Um, you know, there's people that kind of feel like that maybe, um, you know, maybe you're tied in there. Maybe uh, John Stevens was just really a practice squad guy that we're making a lot more of that. But if it came down to one or the other, I would keep the sixth wide receiver for sure is what I would do. Yeah, Jalen Brooks. You know, I, I, would, I, I would. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're thinking about five wide receivers, four tight ends, and you know, or the three tight ends and the fullback guy, I, give, me the, give me the extra wide receiver. Give me the extra wide receiver. Because I just haven't seen it. With Hunter Lipke, I, I'm I'm sorry, North Carolina, excuse me, North Dakota State guys, I'm I'm really sorry about that, but it's just my eyes, you know. And again, I'm doing radio and not scouting, so here you go. Kyle Stahl asks, "How close are we to these two realities, Brian? One, Jalen Tolbert is worthy of bubble wrap for preseason game three. Two, Jalen Tolbert taking away some snaps from Michael Gallup. That's where that's I I think you're closer." I think you're closer to him being maybe a three. If Michael Gallup doesn't play to the level 
that we've seen Michael Gallup play before. And Michael Gallup, when we interviewed him at training camp on 105.3 The Fan, the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7, Monday through Friday, uh, when we interviewed him, he even brought the notion that, man, I got to step up my game. That number, that 18, that 1-8, that 1-8's playing, playing some football now. And he even brought that up. I think we're closer to him getting more opportunities that way than we are of him being a bubble wrap guy. I think he needs to still keep playing myself, you know, let, let him go out and have another good five catch 48 yard game, you know, against the Raiders this week and, you know, figure it out from there, make him as confident as you can going into this giant game. But I think, I think we're closer to that than we are a bubble wrap game. Next question here from my right. What do you think? What no, you no, think no. I, I, I think that look, there's an argument to be made that you can, if he's you can answer these questions too. You could have other states hate I know, you. I don't. I, know. I don't want to be he's, the only guy having people hate me. He's confident. He's uh, look, look. He's somebody who you're building his confidence. You've established that that baseline now for his confidence and his level of play that you can feel good about. So part of me does wonder. Okay, maybe it's best to just figure out this giant crop of receivers behind especially if you're not going to give Dak or anybody else the reps anyway it might be to a point where you go ahead and just say all right let's let's rest them until we're done but I also think that yeah if, if there's if Michael Gallup shows the same sort of confidence issues that he had last year and that he hasn't looks like you got them, somebody yeah yeah then you've got somebody that you feel comfortable with honestly I mean Jalen Tolbert was not brought in here he was not drafted to be wide receiver number four you don't nope. draft you don't draft him in the third round to be wide receiver number four. So it's somebody that they want to step up, and that if he's able to step up, it's somebody they believe can be part of the top three rotation. And maybe they get to a point where they say, you know what, Michael Gallup, uh, your your money's not worth this, or you know what, Brandon right. Cooks, it was great to have you for a year, but we're we're going to go ahead and move on now. But I, I absolutely think that you can feel comfortable at this point with where Jalen Tolbert is. Uh, last question here from Ezekiel. Who showed upside at the start of camp, but over the past two games still hasn't shown up the same way? And, you know, one of these answers might be uh, you could say Jalen Brooks, although Brooks, I think, last night flashed a little bit. That fourth down catch was nice. That was some of what we had seen. Mm-hmm. The answer here might be Eric Scott. Uh, Eric Scott yeah. been really good in the practices yeah. and not yeah. as good in the games. Yeah, I think I think go ahead and finish this thing out. Talk about Eric Scott because you got this absolutely right. Yeah, and I think Eric Scott was better last night than he was against Jacksonville, just like Jalen Brooks was better last night than he was against Jacksonville. But it's still too inconsistent, and he's somebody who, you know, you had pegged him as the right place, right time, nose for the ball type of guy, and that's yep. that's where a lot of his highlights have shown up at camp. He's mm-hmm. always right there for a ball deflection or, uh, you know, he, it just happens to the the crooked throw sails into his arms. He's, he's the guy who's yep. had that benefit a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in these games, he's shown a little bit of susceptibility. And and some of these veteran receivers, some of these guys who have played a lot of football have exposed him as maybe a little more raw than you had initially thought. And so I know we talked to David Hellman uh, for our Love the Star newsletter, which we do for 105 Through the Fan. And, and David said, look, I uh, it, part of me wonders if if we've all just bought into a little bit of hype with Eric Scott and is he totally secure even as a roster spot? Now they traded up for him. I still think they'd like to keep him here. I still think Dan Quinn thinks very highly of him. But Eric Scott is one who probably stands out. I think Wanye Thomas has been better in the practices than he has been in the games. 
Um, but that's another guy that I think they they like and and would like to see show up. But those are the I, ones that probably stand out the most. You, you completely nailed it. So I'm glad you now have the state of Mississippi mad at you for that comment you made. About that's fine. I've built up some uh, credibility with the state of Mississippi for my Dak Prescott takes over. There the you years. go. Can, that's that's I, good. You, you do have you do have a lot of credibility in the bank I, on that one. I, I can throw can him I, a Southern Miss every now and then. Can I throw <laughs> one a name out there that might not fit into your category you're talking about? But I kind of feel like that. I didn't. I haven't seen it. I saw it last season, and but I haven't seen it this season. Sure, Israel Mukwamu. Yes, yeah. Now, I now, saw, I, I, part of me wonders: Is Mukwamu just dealing with it? Like, is he still dealing with the lingering yeah. effects of the injury? No, no, no question. And I, that's my hope. But I was really, really like what I saw at the end of last year. I had really high hopes for him. I had yeah. really high hopes for him, and. I haven't seen it like I saw it at the end of last year. So if you're talking about a start but at a different point, that's where Israel Mukwamu is for me. I saw like like the why weren't they playing him last year? Why were they claiming guys off the street and plugging them into play? And when he had this guy that was ready to go. Yeah. I, I want to believe that things are different for Israel Mukwamu. I want to believe that. Yeah, I don't. You, I don't know. I don't know if it if it, if it is. I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. One, yeah, one would hope that's just a a lingering effect from the injury. Uh, that does it for us here today on the Love the Star podcast. Uh, as always, you can follow myself and Brian on Twitter. I'm at Bobby Bell TX. He is at Brian Broadus, and that's Brian with a Y. So make sure you get that right. Uh, Cowboys have another preseason game, their final one coming up against the Raiders this weekend. We'll have more looking ahead to that as they return to Frisco for practices this week. For Brian Broaddus, I'm Bobby Bell. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you guys next time.